after a substantive and inspiring technical debrief with Tech Guy, this is episode 5 of The Chained Cage. The Cage Chains. The Caged Heat Podcast. My name's Patrick and I'm joined by Drew. Hello. Someone sinister lurking in the background. More on that later. <laughs> the premise for this episode is 20 questions. Each participant will have two minutes to answer their allotted questions. And thereafter, should Tech Guy um, feel that it's necessary, they may be awarded another 30 seconds. Drew, this question is for both of us, but I'm sure we can, I think we should start with you and I'll just start yakking if I'm moved. The question is as follows. Thoughts, expectations for the new Twin Peaks? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, they, they're resuscitating everything from the nineties at this point to be zombified and <laughs> march along. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm excited cause it's Twin Peaks, but I've also seen all of the other revamps they, that people have done and, you know, can you really capture that lightning in a bottle twice? I don't know. I mean, Lynch is doing it obviously with Mark Frost, but, uh, He's also got this insanely large cast list <laughs> that, that he's bringing in to the show. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's – like I, I, I'll say this. If it's different than Twin Peaks, I'll probably like it more if he, does something, if he does something different with it. you know. His films have changed so much. I kind of – my hope is that it's like as – kind of coming apart at the seams as the movie Inland Empire. Empire. That's exactly what I'm um, But with, like, adorable callbacks to our favorite characters. <laughs> Even the ones who are dead, like Major Briggs. Yeah. yeah, like, I kind of wonder if they'll... What was it the... What, what, if, what, what if he made Twin Peaks exactly like the straight story? That would be very interesting. Totally. <laughs> and what about the palette? Like, are there going to be these insane reds and soft focus shots of women's shoes and um because in a weird way that's going to seem dated even though they only exist in the world what what if, what if the what if the, re- the resuscitation of twin peaks was just him literally remaking the entire series from start to finish shot for shot shot for with, shot yeah <laughs> double the cast list yeah okay yeah everybody I would be playing like different roles yeah right. every episode <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. I just hope that that who's the motorcycle kid? Oh, well, there. Never mind. We'll figure that out later. Wait, you should explain to everybody what that was. That that was a that was a special horn the tech guy uses to symbolize to us that we've run our course. It's replaced his speech box. I kind of like it. Fair enough, Drew. If you had to only read Tom Robbins' books or only listen to Tom Waits' records for the rest of your life, which would you choose? I think this Whatever question... you choose, the other medium remains open. For example, you choose to read Robbins and then you can listen to anything you want. 
You just listen to weights. Then you can read anything. Is there not an option for me to just cut my ears off? <laughs> that would be a good one. What? What? If, what? If, what, what no, wait. What? This. What if Tom Robbins was like a book on tape? What? Like, what if I was listening to his book on tape? Would that negate both of them? How would that change anything, Drew? <laughs> what am I reading here? Sorry, tech guy just distracted me. Uh, well, I, I'll admit I'm not. I, I only have heard or read a little bit of both. I feel like you should answer that question more than I should. You know, it's funny. I'm leaning towards Tom Waits. Which I, I've been on an anti-Tom Waits <laughs> I, I know. crusade. I know. Since even before I knew about the great Tom Sharpling being on one. Um, but there's like one or two good Tom Waits records from really early when he's just kind of a faux beatnik songwriter. I'm thinking specifically of The Heart of Saturday Night to those listening uh-huh. at home. Yeah. Um, and uh, it would kind of solve a problem for me, which is that even as I try to get rid of records, I accumulate more records. Um, and that's you know, this has to stop at some level. Um, and so the idea of like being just like, all right, I can get rid of all these records because I'm only going to listen to this cassette copy of Heart of Saturday Night and maybe the early songs of Tom Waits Part 1. <laughs> so what puts Tom and Robbins more in like a, a debit than, than Tom Waits in your mind? All I can think of with Tom Robbins is I remember a lot of beautiful, wonderful women at Swanee reading Tom Robbins and enjoying him and a bunch of less beautiful but equally wonderful men at Swanee who were chasing those women then being seen kind of conspicuously with still life with woodpecker in their hands. Yeah. All right. All right, well, I could have gone on a lot longer about I that. But <laughs> I think we might need this the... for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I might be right. Drew, should white people be using the word woke? No. No. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Please. Not, not even Not even ironically. And that even kind of goes into like my whole like this weird thing that white people have about like telling ironic racist jokes. It's like, oh, it's still racist. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I, I, you know, like, uh, what was <laughs> there was this video the other day of a teacher who was who was black who was giving these his his students this high fives and these fun like things as they go into class and all that, just kind of these new moves and everything. And like the very next day, there was a video of a white teacher doing that. <laughs> like, and this guy just this guy who I follow, who's he, he's black, he was like, "We can't have anything anymore, can't we?" <laughs> like. You know, it's it's no longer ours, uh, and I think that woke is is one of those things. I don't even I don't even know if people know what it means. Like one of my friends, Jeremy, uh, uh, he was like, I don't think most white people understand what by Felicia means, and yet they continue to use it. Uh, I'm gonna give a thumbs down on that. What about you, Pat? Do you have any opinions on those? Uh... <laughs> 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 Tech guy knows best. <laughs> Drew, Sorry. yes. What's the most overrated TV show of the past five years, and why? <laughs> oh God, Mad Men. Um, and uh, you know, 
like when I think about like Mad Men, it also takes me like oh no no sorry maybe not Mad Men maybe it would it would probably be House of, no sorry Mad Men is kind of like my personal one I get why people like it but like House of Cards I do not get it like I've seen the British version <laughs> like I've seen the British version I saw this one and it's like it kind of it kind of reminds me and you're gonna hate this. It reminds me of my other favorite overrated TV show, uh, The West Wing, which I also <laughs> do not like uh, because they're both fantasy versions of politics. And it's like if people liked them because they were just well-written shows or whatever, I may could get into that. But people constantly make allusions to them in terms of politics. And also I hate Aaron Sorkin with a burning passion because every single one of his female characters has to ask a male uh, how they're feeling uh, and how to wow. act. Um but also, it kind of brings up to me like my two favorite shows about politics, which actually are inverses of those two, which are Veep and Parks and Recreation. Um, and uh, I think those two, they're comedies, which makes them more realistic. Uh, but also, I think that they, like, one of them is very cynical about government, much like House of Cards. One of them is very positive about government, much like West Wing. But I feel like they get more down into the idea of compromise. I mean, you know, like, there was an episode of the West Wing where where the president convinced the president of China through a speech that they should have an all, you know, like, like it was, it's just like, that's not how real life works. Uh, and that's how I feel about house of cards. Where my dad says to me like, Oh, it's just like the Clintons. That's just, that's how the Clintons are. It's, it's house of cards. And like, no politicians are human beings who make stupid choices and smart choices. And that's why I think that Veep and parks and rec, uh, uh, uh reflect that. Um, so yeah, I think House of Cards, but yeah, I, I'd rather put out a, a little thing saying Veep and Parks and Rec. Thank you, Tech Guy. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel? I would. I, can, I, okay, can I ask a follow-up question to that? Uh, sorry. Can we get thirty more seconds <laughs> on the clock, Tech Guy? <laughs> um, I think the uh, Pat. What is your reaction to what I just I said? I think the insight about Sorkin is amazing. I can't help that I think he's a generically great writer of dialogue. Like I'm sort of helpless in the, in the face of that. Um, but, uh, even the newsroom, but everything he's made is really objectionable along the lines you're talking about. Like the people he writes aren't really people. They're, they're just these sort of vessels for dialogue. Um, and also, um, yeah, Veep times a million. Veep is what it's like. Um, Veep is definitely, as somebody who's been a political staffer, Veep is what it's like. Um, in that, the most powerful person always becomes the a-hole. Yeah. Like, everybody. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> this is just amazing. Veep and Sorkin. This is um, brutal. Tech right, guy is brutal. A, uh, here's a question I'm a little bit nervous about answering. Pat, what role do sports play in your life now? If it's dramatically different than when you were growing up, how and why has it changed? How deliberate were you about it? Well, first thing I'd say is that I'm as into pro wrestling now as I've ever been in my life. Listen to wrestling podcasts in addition to watching the shows. But that's sports entertainment. But then if you think about it, politics and entertainment and sports are all more kind of mucked up in the way that they're covered and the way that they're narrated these days than anything with that said um 
one of the major aspects of my individuation, starting when I was around a 12-year-old and I had to tell my dad I wasn't going to go out for the basketball team anymore, was definitely to back off from sports. Um, sports has toxic family associations for me um, in all kinds of ways, including this really gendered way that like the only way to grow up as a man with meaningful life skills was to play sports. Um, And as somebody who, you know, was a pretty rubbed raw young kid, just being sent back and forth and back and forth to fuck with jocks over here and jocks over there was in no way conducive to me figuring out how it was. Um, Just a little plug to close out to Kurt Cobain. If you were of the age when he was on the scene making his presence known, um, he was very much like all of this kind of performance of middle-class jockness is gross and dudes don't need to be like that. And I had that coming at me from other directions, but not from anybody as iconic as Kurt Cobain. So that was that. And anyway, wrestling's still great. Thanks. Just going to let the clock run here. Thanks, Drew. Also, Pat and Drew are a tag team. What's our finisher? <laughs> Drew, do you know anything about wrestling? Uh, you, yeah, is that like where like they both hold hands and then like knock somebody out at their neck together? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Drew. It's when they both hold hands and then knock somebody out at their neck together. <laughs> Um, I used to watch wrestling uh, back in like college with uh, some friends of ours. Um, college but, days. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Fair enough. So, it's what would be our finisher man. if we were a wrestling team? Is that um, it? I would run from the ring and get counted out as opposed to have to face any other <laughs> professional wrestler. Uh, everybody likes to talk about how wrestling's fake. I don't think I could survive being body slammed onto onto a ring that is actually just plywood underneath. I don't think I'd like that at all. See, I envision like, like one of us sitting on top of the other's shoulders and then the bottom person just throwing that person onto our opponent. Hurling the other person? <laughs> yeah, right, just like tossing like them the, down onto our opponent. Into the like set what the Mid- Midnight Express used to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, li- I like the idea of us both wearing like crushed velvet robes. With sequins and then barrister wigs. <laughs> yes, like we're. I like that being our character. It's just that, like we're characters who lose all the time, or who really run. That we meet from... out justice. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We our brand of justice, which is the strangely Anglophile justice. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. That's perfect. I break an Oasis record over somebody's head. <laughs> Don't live back in anger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, um, next question. Okay. At the end of episode two, did I hear Pat assert that Dancing in the Dark was Springsteen's only number one hit song? Seems to me that a real Springsteen fan would know that Bruce has never had a Billboard number one. The aforementioned Dancing in the Dark rising only to number two. That's how we know Bruce never sold out. 
Drew, your thoughts? <laughs> I actually did know that um, because I used to have a, a book of number one hits. I did too. <laughs> when I was a kid, of all the number one hits, and I believe it was When Doves Cry uh, that uh, that kept it off the the number one spot. Um, that is that is me making it up from what I remember reading in this book. Um, but yes, I remember it was one of the longest run number two songs uh, ever. But uh, I believe our slightly disoriented <laughs> listener here is trying to play fast and loose with a conversation we had a legendary conversation we had at the end of episode three, where we just couldn't stop talking, especially about Bruce Springsteen. Um, I made the point that Bruce never had a billboard top 10 until born in the USA and dancing in the dark, which was wrong. He had seven on that and, album too. And you corrected me and said like everything on that record was a billboard top 10. What also, um, but also he'd had like Hungry Heart had gone to in the top ten also from the river. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the point is that yeah. yes, you know, by the letter of the law, this rather detail-oriented fan of ours um, may be on to something, but. From 5,000 feet, the point still stands. It was only with Born in the USA that he really churned out singles that, like, dominated the charts. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we got that across. Agreed. Here's another question. Drew, you're on episode number five and already out of content? Um... <laughs> Thanks for lobbing me that one. <laughs> oh, never mind. I can't. I, I've been given the. I've been given the no go. <laughs> I like That's how tech guy. Really interesting I really like how tech guy is kind of seizing the reins right now, like kind of taking control. <laughs> he doesn't like to see us hurt. Could you give advice like Delilah? Do you know who Delilah is? Yes, Drew? Delilah. Isn't that how it goes? Like, yeah. No, is I that like relationship advice? Her. Are we? Is that is that what they mean? Yeah. Sure. You could. <laughs> I think I'm physically capable of giving relationship advice. Sure. <laughs> did they, did they have a did they have a question about their relationship? No. No, it's just I think they're asking you to really look inside yourself and be like, "Could I be a font of well, wisdom?" Well, let, let me just let we're me not talking what... about sitting at Waffle House, Drew. We're let... talking about you and a microphone and seventy-five thousand, eighty thousand listeners. Let, let 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 me you mean like a football stadium. If I was giving relationship advice to a football stadium, um, sure. Uh, well, I could let me try and interpret this question. Uh, so they're asking me for relationship advice, which means that this person is seeking advice. Which means they may have some issues in their relationship. Let me tell you, unnamed listener, go see a therapist. I don't know jack shit. Move on. Hmm. The weirdest thing I found out about <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> tell me, tell How me, Pat. What was the weirdest thing you found out about Delilah after I just. <laughs> I'm just going to get horned again. <laughs> I'm like, scared of that horn. Like, that's right now. It's amazing. <laughs> um, 
the weirdest thing I found out about Delilah <laughs> is that <laughs> most of her callers are men. And she says that men just don't talk. When she asks them about why she, they love their partners, they all say, she's my rock. And that's it. Delilah, got a take on the dudes. We still have a special episode about the dudes coming up later, but let's move along. It, if How you're hearing me just laugh Drew. a lot, it's because I just keep looking at Tech Guy holding that horn, getting ready to blow See, it. I can't see him, so it's happening to me like it's out of nowhere. It's amazing. Um, this is amazing. It's, just a, it's a funny sound, it, period. It is, it is. How adorable is Drew? Does DC feel extra weird this week? Am I making good life choices? This is from our friend Sarah. Um, how? Well, am I supposed to answer the question about me? I think you're doing a great job, Drew. I think Thanks. you're adorable. Thank you. I think you're very winning. I think you got poise. Mm. I think you have intelligent eyes. What else do you want? I, 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 that wasn't my question, so I think you fulfilled it. Um, does DC feel extra weird this week, or I guess weeks now, Pat? Yes. Well, Drew, <laughs> this is a strange place to be. Um, I don't work on the hill, um, and I kind of run around in, you know record store and and 12-step meeting and and coffee shop circles can't see that drew that's okay go ahead um so it's always just i'm always just sort of sucking up this kind of atmosphere of people that are people that unlike who you're talking about i think are confused and scared of what to do um and and see it happening more and more all around them. Like the March was a wonderful kind of inspiring thing. Um, but a lot of time it's also just, especially in my neighborhood, it's just like sad people with your kids wondering how the hell we're going to survive this. Um, and then, you know, the fucking Washington monument in the distance, just being like this big cock. I don't get it. Um, that's how DC is. Am I making good life choices? Sarah, you and Drew are both making good life choices. You're living your best selves. You're living your best lives. Uh, uh, we've been given 30 extra seconds. That's what that means. Continue, Pat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, when I punish myself over my series of unorthodox life decisions and their crushing consequences... Um, I often think of my friends who are doing very, very well and, and like really living a life that has meaning to it and use that to kind of crucify my genitals um, in a literal way um, <clears throat> in some sort of unnecessary comparison. And Drew and Sarah are both very good for my genital flagellation and humiliation on that, on that score. I would tell her that she has spinach in her teeth. Yes. Okay. Drew, the most important thing the Democratic Party can do right now is... Uh, well, I already said this, but uh, they need to listen. 
because I don't know. We're we're at a turning point in our country's history, and there's <laughs> there's no way that uh, that you can deny that at this point that this is a turning point. Uh, and I, I mean, nobody knows what happens at these moments, but um, you know, I don't know if the Democratic Party will continue to exist in a few years. I don't know if the Republican Party will. I don't know they may continue to exist, but will they have different meanings? Um, but I think that the best thing, and, and something the Democratic Party has been doing at least lately, uh, I think since this question was written, is they have been listening. Um, you know, but it's taken a lot of people getting really pissed off uh, to get them to do that. I mean, you know, the fact that Chuck Schumer is, is finally, you know, really standing up. I mean, like, I don't know, but it's hard. I, th I also recognize that it's hard for the Democratic Party to listen when there's like 50 zillion ideas that are being thrown about. Um, so, you know, I think a smart thing they're doing, I went to a Democratic Party meetup uh, last weekend where they're trying to get, and it was packed to the brim, and they were like, how many people in this room have ever been involved in the Democratic Party? Or, or how many of you have never been to a Democratic Party function and three, three quarters of the room raised their hand? Um, and I think they're trying to harness that right now. Um, so I think getting involved at the local level is the, is the key, absolutely. Democrats have this weird fixation on the presidency. I mean, I get it. I understand people are fixated on the presidency, but it's why we lose midterms, is that nobody seems to care about their congressman, although people are now very much starting to do so. So I, that's a very rambling answer. I know it's all probably pretty obvious, but that's my take. What do you think, Pat? Um, <clears throat> I would differentiate between the Democratic Party and kind of associated social movements that we're seeing in the street now and again. I think the Democratic Party leadership itself needs to figure out who's in charge. Um, we thought we were sitting pretty for 40 years with the Clintons and the Obamas sort of sitting on top of the now you keep going. DNC, um, only to find the Clintons have lost, the Obamas are sort of in exile, although we'll see how long that takes. Um, and it's really time for some people, you know, beyond, beyond Chuck Schumer, who's great. Oh yeah, like, I agree. We, we need senators and governors and house exactly. members and state legislators and all those things. And, you know, the only way Democrats win when there's an inside game and an outside game and they're coordinated to each other, but that doesn't mean they're the same. So, um, you know, Social movements are about justice and bold claims and popular energy and being in the street. And legislative politics are about kind of gray on gray on gray and tactics and strategy that from afar don't seem like they make much sense. Um, but, you know, when they've worked for us, we've gotten the New Deal and we've gotten the Great Society and so much else. We've gotten health care. Um, so that's my, that's my tip. Okay. Now we have a question and maybe our last from our friend Tappan's son, Raymond. What made George Lucas give up Star Wars? What made him give up Star Wars? $4 billion. Uh, <laughs> the cynical answer, kid. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's just, he's... You mean he, he – I, I know this might shock you, but George Lucas really likes to make money, um, and uh, $4 billion – was it $4 billion or $2 billion? Sorry, I know I'm getting – that's a lot of money to mix up, but um, you know, and I think that – I mean I mean, what's he going to do? I mean everybody hated his prequels, um, and, he, and he sits around moping about that all the time too, 
where he's just like, people just didn't understand it, you know, they just didn't get the, the you know, what I was going for there was really political. It's like, yeah, you did, yeah, but you do, the, the story you were going for was very political and you told it terribly, uh, you know, so I don't know. That's the best succinct answer I can give. I think they're doing a pretty good job with it. What is 2017's answer to late 90s bad emo? Pat? I thought on this a while. There's no... I can't think of a clever answer. Um, I don't... I kind of hate follow contemporary punk rock. I don't Um, think there is one. What's that? I don't think there is one because music has changed irrevocably since then. There's no such thing as popular music that everybody likes anymore. I mean, there is to a degree, but it's just... It's well, whatever it is, it doesn't have like guitar, bass, and drums exactly. yeah. at the center of it. Yeah, like it, it's, um, it's not the same thing. So I find myself taking solace in all these kind of middle-of-the-road indie rock bands like The War on Drugs and Deer Hunter who, you know, could be accused of being kind of samey, but it's sort of it reminds me of stuff that I like, so I'm into it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't quite, uh, I was in a band with this gentleman who's answering this question and late nineties, bad emo had like a specific connotation and I can't find anything that matches up to that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, that was the last time in my life that the band we were in was obsessed with this genre of music that like, I would argue our band was better than most of, and definitely like, otherwise it wasn't our favorite kind of music. Um, if you took us all individually. So that was a strange trip. Um, I'm at a loss mid nineties, bad emo. It'll never come again, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I'll try this one again. You're on episode five and you're already out of content? Is, um... Uh, no. I don't think we're out of content at all. and I think people are confused about the relationship between the topic and the content. I think, I don't want to speak for you, Drew, but I feel like the topic is sort of a placeholder mm-hmm. in into which we enter and sort of do our thing. Mm-hmm. Just like we're doing our, sh- our thing on this episode, just like we did our thing on the, an episode about Elton John or about Donald Trump or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the content is our dialogue, let alone our trialogue with tech guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I have not read, or I don't know if there is any feedback. I don't know what people think about this, uh, about you know the fact that we have quote topics and then we just kind of veer off into these tangents for like an hour, which I guess people have time to listen to this, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're very right. <laughs> right. Um, Let's move on. 
If I had spinach in my teeth, which one of you would tell me? I think I already answered that. I would totally do that. You're that guy? Yeah, I absolutely am. I just feel Especially bad for people. I, I don't want people to, you know, feel embarrassed about that or find out they've been had it in their mouth for like 10 minutes. True. As I recall in college, you never had a drink of alcohol. Has that changed? When? Why? Huh, I believe this was from an old friend who I dearly miss. Um, yeah, uh, yes, I drink now. I have a nice little uh, whiskey arraignment over here and wine. I don't drink beer. I think it's disgusting. Uh, but uh, that is, kinda, that, is that important to you? What? That you don't drink beer? I mean, I can't really now with my diet anyway, but like, because uh, it would make me break out. But like, uh, it just it's just never something I got into. And it's and like I don't like to drink a lot. Like it's just something I do every once in a while. Uh, you know, I usually get headaches when I the, even if I have one drink, I get a headache. Uh, but just to kind of answer the question, uh, that kind of changed I think when I was uh, like I'd always had like little sips and stuff like that when I was in high school. With my parents they never, which is why I don't think it was that big a deal to me. But also. I didn't drink because I was afraid of losing control. I mean, uh, my family has history of alcoholism in it, and uh, and then I saw how addicted I was to cigarettes, uh, which you know has now been ten years since I quit smoking. But uh, but it really started to change when I was in Scotland, uh, <laughs> you know, because it's just kind of a way of life over there to like. And again, I mean, they drink very much to excess, or a lot of people do, but. Uh, but I would go, you know, I got sick and I would just have a drink of Talisker and that would actually help get rid of the sickness. Uh, and, um, and so ever since then, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. Uh, I still have never really been truly blackout drunk, uh, except for when I get on airplanes, um, because I hate flying and, uh, but I'm actually going to take a fear of flying class. So that ceases to happen. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, I definitely enjoy some alcohol now. It's nice. It's fun, but no, no more than two drinks. Perfect. Gosh. Ah, my friend Phil asked the first album with Dio versus the last two with Ozzy. I've not heard the last two Ozzy Sabbath records. Um, I definitely think the first two with Dio are amazing. Um, if only for the effect they had on Black Flag and Black Flag kind of using that music to turn away from their audience. Um, Drew, what do you have to say about Black Sabbath? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hold on, that guy just held up a question, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, what do I think about Black Sabbath? I mean, I like, uh, gosh, now I'm forgetting the name of the album, the one album of theirs I owned. Uh, Paranoid? Yeah, yeah, that's not an album. That's, an album. that's the name of the song. Uh, it's Was it? Is it Paranoid? Was it the album? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just the no. song. Okay. Uh, and the first album. Yeah. And then the first album was good. I, I like Black Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much other to say than that. I'm Fairweather fan. Fairweather fan. But uh, Tech Guy, what was that question again? Was, it, was this an audience request or yours? What do you eat for food? <laughs> Drew, <laughs> what do you eat for food? You're kind of. You've been kind of well, shining your you know, apple a little you know, bit about this new well, diet of yours. Let, 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 me take you, let me take you on a journey through the grocery store, and I go in. I'll get some, uh, some spaghetti squash, uh, some turnips, and uh, some green onions, and romaine lettuce, uh, asparagus. I'll have some asparagus in there with bananas, apples, grapes, pears, 
but also some sausage. And I mean like the sausage from Jimmy Dean, but also the H-E-B, which is the grocery store here. They're generic sausage, along with some eggs. Uh, I'll get uh, some Italian sausage as well, because I really like sausage. <laughs> and uh, at artichoke hearts, big fan of those. Lara bars. Um, uh, I uh, did... That's that's everything I eat right there. <laughs> Pat, what do you eat for food? I don't even know anymore. It doesn't. I mean, I try to feed a child who doesn't want to eat. And, like, sometimes I eat the trail mix that has M&M's and raisins in it. Um, and I drink a lot of uh, uh, sparkling water. Mm. Well, know, wait, but still. Do, you, do you drink Lacroix? Is that is that what it's called, Lacroix? No, I don't. I, I haven't. I've only had the pleasure one or two times. Um, that does seem to be the fizzy water of note mm-hmm. in these times. I think mostly because people like to say its name. I think you might be right. Um, what the hell? Like literally every Nothing. single every single time my mom says, "Drew, could you go get me a Lacroix?" Like she like shakes oh, her head. Really? When she shakes her head when she says it. You know, it's like oh, yeah, very yeah. European. Yes, yeah, she's so Euro. She's so Euro. Hold it up, huh? Hold up, hold it, hold it up more. We can't see it. Pat, will Pat? Fugazi return? hope that's getting picked up by the microphone i i really really that was hope kind of my answer yeah too. <laughs> oh man <laughs> any more questions tech guy tech guy's doing a little freelancing now <laughs> tech guy what role do sports play in your life now <laughs> Seems we've come to a. I think we've come to a. Tech guy, do you natural. think that we've come to a conclusion? Thank you. <laughs> well, then let's wrap her up. I want to remind everybody you can email us at cagedchains at gmail.com. That email inbox is looking pretty dusty. Um, so please write something on in and don't forget to visit us at caged heat podcast um on facebook and leave us five star reviews via the itunes pretty soon you all will be encountering us via elton john i think it's going to be a great episode until then drew stay cool do my best guy don't don't change that was a little squeaky one. <laughs> it's a, it's a kind of a weak answer there, but okay. I hope you don't change. All right, everybody. Bye now. Bye-bye.